Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition, brand new Calvary Live, originating from here in the Grace FM studios at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. If you'd like to join me on the air, 303-690-3000, and you can text me. We have a dedicated text line. It's now open 24-7 for prayer, but during the show, it can be used for prayer and for questions. It's dedicated, so put it in your phone. Uh, you can Then you could say, hey, Siri, text Calvary Live, and then boom, it'll pop up. 720 336 0897. First number for getting on the air so we could talk, 303-690-3000. The other number for texting, 720-336-0897. It is Wednesday, and we have drive-through prayer today. Uh, we'll be there at 6 o'clock. Uh, so come on out tonight to the building. Get out of your house. Get in your car on your way home. Come by the building and we will have drive-through prayer at 6 p.m. We have special hours tonight from 6 to 7 p.m., and we will be here uh, waiting for you, ministering to you. Uh, I know that many of you are wanting that personal touch. Uh, We have it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 2 to 4, but today, because of church, uh, we're trying to tie it together when we have pastors on the property that are already there. So we're there at 6, and we're kind of thinking that people are going back to work, and the people are going back to work, and so the um, we want to try to get it to, maybe you're on your way home from work, and you can drop by the church in person. And, you know, the idea that there is a contactless personal touch, you know, really, we, we are going to have our masks on, and we are going <clears> to <throat> honor the CDC requirements. However, um, if you come asking for prayer uh, and I'm there, I'm going to anoint you with oil. I'm going to get your permission and I'm going to touch you with oil according to the word of the Lord. Um, And uh, we aren't going to live in fear. We're going to live in wisdom. And, you know, sometimes maybe just the proximity is enough for you and we'll honor that. Uh, Most of the people we prayed with, we were, you know, in that six foot range of making space outside, but but we're also going to walk in wisdom, and we're going to wash our hands, and we're going to put uh, masks on, and we're we're going to um, to the best <clears throat> to best of our ability um, keep some distance. But look, um, the body of Christ is the body of Christ, and so come on by six p.m. tonight, and then join us online for service. We're going to do a Q&A tonight, and uh, very popular last time, so I expect it to be uh, very encouraging this time. Pastor Ian 
Pastor Josh and myself will be there talking. I'll bring my LA Dodger hat just for you. And I might wear it, although the guys don't want me to wear a hat because of the shade that the lights throw on it. But um, I will represent the Dodgers today for sure. For you, all you Dodger fans uh, out there and all you Rockies fans, uh, I love baseball. So I love going to Rockies games. I love Coors Field. Kind of bummed that there's no... um, there's no season this year, and they're all arguing right now, but what a year. What a year. May the Lord teach us something. May we have ears to hear. Can't you just can't you just sense being <clears throat> alive in the first century and receiving a note, a post-it note, just a couple sentences from Jesus Christ himself? And you're hearing what he says. And of course, everybody wants to be the Church of Philadelphia. But not everybody's the Church of Philadelphia. Not everybody is that faithful church. You might be one of the other churches. Either way, you got a note from the Lord. He's calling you back to himself. But can't you hear, can't you in your spiritual uh, imagination... Can't you just take a moment right now and understand the seriousness of the times and understand the seriousness of this generation and understand the seriousness of this virus and the thousands of families that have lost loved ones, the most vulnerable in our culture, the most, I, I heard today, I think in Colorado, 50%, 5-0 of those that have passed away have been in um, nursing homes. And, and you know, don't become heartless over this. I've got a couple points here that as I'm talking, give me a call because I, I want to hear from you. But I don't want you to become heartless. I don't want you to become so, oh, I can't believe we're doing this. Why aren't we meeting church? And don't you know what this YouTube video said? And oh, the government and oh, the Democrats and oh, the Republic, blah, blah, blah. Christian. Christian, yeah, believers getting caught up in things that have no eternal value, yeah, it's possible for you, for me, uh, crisis reveal the worst in us and the best, and I want you to get all hard because I heard of a family today that, and I already knew about it, I mean, I've heard an update of the family today from our church that I know whose father, elderly father, who I've known for the 20 years I've been here. It's one of the first families I met when we moved here. Whose father uh, has cancer and is in his final hours or days in a nursing home and hasn't seen his son in uh, many months. And they just... Uh, open the door uh, for him to visit. And because of the virus and because of that, it's real. And you say, oh, Ed, oh, Ed, he 
he's been diagnosed. Like, like even when you start to hear of the hurt of other people, you know that your heart has become a little hard when you try to maneuver around it. And instead of just stopping and considering that whatever this virus is, I was telling, you know, we had our staff meeting today and we're talking about when we're going to open up again and the absolute ridiculous restrictions that our, that our government has placed upon churches, just unfounded, unfounded and unequal. And it's not a political statement. It's a statement of fact. And, and so processing all that, you know, as I'm talking to the team that I get to serve with, it's like, hey, I don't know how much of this is virus related. I don't know how much of this is politically motivated. I don't know how much of this is um, schemes of the devil and all of that, right? I don't know. I don't claim to know. I just know the effects that we're dealing with. I know that. And I only know a sliver. And there's a pastor that knows another sliver and a friend that knows another sliver and a mom that knows another sliver. If you saw our text line as we're getting texts 24 hours a day, man, this is some heavy stuff. And it's a call of God to... So back to Revelation. It is a call of Jesus Christ to listen. He says, he and, and she who has ears... Let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And that's my prayer for you in New Jersey. My prayer for you in Wyoming. My prayer for you in South Carolina. My prayer for you in Kentucky. My prayer for you in um, um, St. Cloud, Minnesota. My prayer for you in Northern California. My prayer for you in Ukraine, in South Africa. My prayer for you is you will have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you, the church. I know it's restrictive, and I know it's unfounded and unprecedented. And here we are, clamoring for normalcy when God's wanting to do new work. Talk about, you know, we all did vision messages and new wine for new wineskins. Well, here you go. It has nothing to do with any change in your church. It has everything to do with the change that God has allowed Like the leaders didn't do this. The elders didn't do this. The senior pastor didn't do this. This is God allowing this. And he's going, okay, church, will you be new wineskins? Are you going to be old wineskins? And, you know, I want to be a new wineskin. I want to go with the flow of what God's doing. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. It's hard not to talk about this because it's like, but man, maybe you have, maybe you want to disagree with me. I go, oh no, Ed. Um, it's political and whatever. Okay, go ahead. I, I'm willing to hear your point of view, biblically. Love to hear your point of view biblically, um, because let's talk about it. Like I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, let me let me share with you an email I received recently, uh, and how I answered it, and it'll probably be pretty good for our Q and A tonight. <clears throat> but let me share an email with you. I got an email of concern. Uh, and this is what it said. <clears throat> and fortunately, the brother signed his name. And that, that's good. He says, I'm talking about all the churches according to Hebrews 10.25. What would Jesus do? What would the anointed 12 disciples do? Why are you doing this? Why won't you defend the church and its right against government rule? 
I ask you to read Hebrews and tell yourself to repent to Jesus for forsaking the assembly of the church. Don't give me Romans 13. Caesar was not the Messiah. Consider the salons are fighting and are open in Texas, and they went so far as to go to jail opening. Why won't the church and its leaders and evangelists? Think about it. I understand it's a pandemic, but Jesus wouldn't have closed the church for the people. I'm a watcher of your services, but now I'm confused about the churches. Why won't they stand up for its rights? I believe this was a heartfelt email. I don't necessarily believe that this guy's, this this particular brother is over the edge or like um, being disingenuous. Hey, believe me, let me tell you something. I've looked at people in the, I've I've had people disingenuous in my life. I still have people right now disingenuous in my life. I don't think this is one of them. I think he's legit. Uh, you know, it's a little little challenging, but I think it's legit. Here's my response. Hey, brother, your concerns are root, your concerns are rooted in a biblical text, and are valid. How have you been gathering together with others for fellowship, not forsaking it? Perhaps you have some ideas that we've missed in addressing this serious situation. For me personally, and as a pastor, I haven't forsaken the gathering with other believers, or forsaken taking communion, or forsaking reading the Bible, or forsaking prayer, or forsaking serving others. Have you found that you've had to forsake those important truths? And then I quoted Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Our spiritual leadership met recently, and we agree. We are not being forbidden to preach the gospel, share the gospel, Forbid, are forbidden to love people, or even gather in smaller groups. We haven't been forbidden to serve, pray, give, or feed the hungry. So our church is doing that every day. As I go through my many emails today, they're filled with testimonies of God's faithfulness. We also, as leaders, agreed to set plans in order to meet together again soon as a larger church. So I'm grateful for your prayers for us as we seek God's help on this. It's challenging. And then I quoted to him Romans 14, not 13. It says, Who are you to judge another ma- another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he'll be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. I'd love to hear testimonies of God's faithfulness through you during this time. How has God been using you? And so I don't understand. I get the fact that we're not able to meet in the bigger building, and I miss it like crazy. Believe me. However, we are in a very difficult time with a lot of stress and pressure on people. And we're under <clears throat> an order of public gatherings for the sake of this coronavirus. And whether we cross that line of the order or not, I'm hoping we don't have to. I'm hoping and I'm praying specifically for favor with our governor. Governor. Um, uh, if we don't get favor, I, you know, we're, we're going to do what the Lord tells us to do. And right now we haven't been convinced that we need to alter the course right now, but instead are giving opportunities for people to come and listen to the service on the property. They can come for drive through prayer. We're praying for them. They can call the office. Pastors are there. We never closed our offices ever during this whole thing. <clears throat> we did rearrange our staff and, you know, did, did different people, but um, we uh, are 
are wanting to get back together for sure. So this doesn't have the the record yet, but we've been 16 minutes into the show and no calls. So give me a call. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Come by tonight, 6 p.m. <clears throat> and um, let's pray in person. Tune in at 7 p.m. for worship, prayer, get your communion elements ready, and then we're going to do a Q&A with Pastor Ian, Pastor Joshua, and myself. Um, we had to move it downstairs because we got a little bit of remodeling going on around the building. Uh, so we'll be downstairs in our what we call our agape room, and it'll be a little more intimate, a little different than the upstairs sanctuary. I think upstairs holds about 1,300. And the agape room holds about 250, so it's a little more intimate. <clears throat> um, it also doubles as our cafeteria for the school and a whole host of other things. Our building is so beat up, and I'm so grateful for that. It means it's being used to the glory of God. Good. And uh, the building is being used as a tool for the gospel. All right, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number waiting for your calls and your questions. Let me see uh, if I have any. I didn't check the text line, so maybe the text line's coming through. All right, uh, Ed, here's a text question. 720-336-0897. Do our loved ones know or see anything here on earth? Generally, biblically, there's no evidence that the people in heaven, individuals that have been redeemed, see anything on earth. And... There's really no text you can go to. There's no insight. There's a couple of things that <clears throat> there's a couple of things that are that do speak of that. Number one is the Bible says there's more that the angels rejoice over one person that repents over many that do not. And so the angels have some kind of ability to see what's happening on the earth today. That makes sense because we see angels interacting with but but that phrase the angels in heaven so they have that angels in the in the presence of god that there's some ability for angels there's another place where jesus gives the true story about the rich man and lazarus in luke's gospel where the rich man knew after death in torments in hades in torments he knew that his brothers were not dead yet. And he knew his brothers were still alive, and he knew that his brothers didn't, know, didn't believe in, and was, wasn't a covenant person yet. And I'm pretty sure, it's been a little while, um, it's been a little while that uh, I've read Randy Alcorn's book, but actually I think Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven, he actually has a chapter proposing that, that there is some interaction somehow between those of our loved ones that are in heaven. Uh, I might have to pull that book out and reread his chapter, but it's it's a fascinating book. Uh, it is 
<clears throat> a uh, a book on heaven by Randy Alcorn, which there's a follow-up text that just came in, The Great Cloud of Witnesses. Who is that? I believe in context that Great Cloud of Witnesses is the uh, the list of those that have gone before us, that the witness isn't so much that they're watching us, but their lives are testimonies and witnesses to us. Not like there's a a circle of people watching our every move, but rather the great hall of faith. And those that have gone before us are witnesses of the faithfulness of God to our lives. I, I don't believe that's a reference to people watching in on us in particular, especially in the context of which, because he, he, he concludes, right? When you, when you look at uh, that great cloud of witnesses, there's an important word uh, that you want to include. Uh, let me look it up real quick so that I can read it to you. Um, that you want to make sure, and, and I already know what it is, but I just want to read it to you. Uh, so let me get it up here. Give me a call. We got open lines, 303. So in chapter 12, which obviously follows chapter 11, the Hall of Faith, he, he starts, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So the therefore connects chapter 12 with verse 11 contextually. And because everyone that's gone before us, because of their great testimony of faith, because of God's faithfulness in their life, let us the way lay aside every weight and run our race, because they ran theirs already. <clears throat> so I don't think it's a reference to people in heaven uh, seeing us. Good questions. 303-690-3000. Erica um, writes in, uh, Pastor Ed, I, um, I know you guys are planning on opening the church. How will you uh, accommodate high-risk people like me? Uh, in the early days, we will ask high-risk people like you to stay home and continue to watch online and be the number one uh, advocate for your own personal health. Um, and we would encourage you, even through Erica, even throughout this whole crisis, that you make those decisions to go to King Supers, you make those decisions to go to Home Depot based upon your uh, oversight of your own health. But I would foresee, uh, we haven't developed the, the policies yet, but I would foresee in the early stages, if we, when we open up, we would ask high-risk people like you to stay home. If you know you're high-risk, stay home. If you are sick, like we have a kid's sick policy, we'll adopt an adult sick policy, stay home. Uh, we will not put high-risk people in one room together. High-risk people stay home. And, of course, you would... Make up your own mind to what your own risk level is. But we would want you, uh, because you know, Erica, you could still worship with us. You can still tune in. Um, I know how personable you are, how relational you are. So I know it's so stinking hard for you. <clears throat> but we would encourage you not to put yourself at any kind of high risk, um, higher risk than you need to. Uh, and if you would be comfortable uh, sitting six feet apart with a mask on, then go for it. You know, if you've been able to uh, go to the King Supers, um, go for it. But we would encourage you to watch out for yourself, and we would give the word, high-risk people, stay home. 303-690-3000. Uh, Justin up in Longmont, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Pastor Ed? Going great. What's up? Hey, uh, so just calling for a uh, prayer request. I uh, recently at work uh, led the sinner's prayer with one of my coworkers, Jason, and he uh, he said the prayer in his uh, head. He said he, he did, and so, I, I, you know, he 
Uh, I just want to call for prayer for uh, continued fellowship with the Lord for him and uh, strength and encouragement and things like that. Okay, do you have a do you have a tool like a new believer packet that you can start working with them on and take them through the Bible? So I was thinking about um, reaching out to Harvest Ministries because I know Greg Laurie has the uh, like that whole packet in like the new uh, believers does. Bible and that whole thing. So I was thinking about maybe doing that, but as of right now, in my physical person, I do not. Okay, well, email me, uh, email me, and if you want to pick up a free Bible. Drive by the drive-through prayer today at six o'clock. We'll give you a Bible for him, and okay. if if you email me, I will respond to that email with a link. Well, you're way up in Longmont, so yeah. it's not worth the drive. It's like a two-dollar Bible, so don't. It's not worth the drive <laughs> to come all the way down and get it. But but I can send you the I can send you the um, the packet. You can print it out. You can print out two copies, one for you and one for him, and you can right do on. it with him. It take. It's really simple. It's not overwhelming, but it's also super thorough. Uh, awesome. Uh, and he needs that right away. Like you need to do that yeah. right away. Yeah. Um, it just it just happened like on like Friday this past right Friday. On. So yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Well, what's his name? Uh, Jason. All right, Father. We pray for Jason right now and welcome him into the family of God as he has professed his faith and confessed his sin. And turn from it, God. And it, it's true. We do not know the hearts of men. We don't know. Um, but we are hopeful because love hopes all things. And because he's made that profession of faith, we're going to treat him like a believer. We're going to hold him accountable like a believer. And we're going to teach him and disciple him as a man that is after your own heart. So bless him, Lord. Protect him from spiritual warfare. Um, we're grateful that you have Justin in his life. And may Justin continue to be used as a tool for the gospel and see many more lives changed in Jesus name. Amen. Right on. Thanks, Pastor. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of, it's almost unfathomable, the difference that I've seen even like already between his like demeanor before this prayer and after this prayer. And it's like, it's so encouraging and empowering, just like knowing, you know, even a young believer growing up and not knowing whether or not the Holy Spirit resided within me. And the only reason I even <clears throat> knew the sinner's prayer is because I, you know, prayed it so many times and even like praying over the radio whenever that opportunity is given. I'm like trying to hope to pray with the pastors and the people during that time, you know, for increased power of prayer. So it's just, I don't know, it's, it's pretty, it's awesome to be encouraged by you guys and then to see that really, you know, play out in the field, literally, you know, on my job site. So, uh, thank you Nothing guys so like much it, for man. your encouraging word, and right on. Nothing here. We got a couple minutes before the the uh, break, so let me finish this. I'm going to read to you what my notes say. I'm not finished with this message, but this is what I wrote for the message this weekend. Um, and let me find it before the clock uh, catches up with us. So I say at the end, because I, I have kind of an evangelistic bend at the end, um, I say, oh, now, of course. Of course, um, what has happened to Macintosh computers? They crash now. Okay, so um, it, da, 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 one more thing. Oh, geez. Anyway, I had a section in there talking about how encouraging it is to share the gospel with others, um, how encouraging it is to 
be that man, that woman that has the gospel of peace upon their shoes, you know, putting on the sandals of the gospel um, and stepping into other people's lives with the heart of a pastor. And um, so I must have edited it out so far, but praise God. Continue continue to be used by him. All right, man. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks so much, Taylor. You have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we got an open line, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we'll pick up with some, uh, Tim, you'll be next, then Pat, uh, and then we will have an open line. And we have service tonight, drive through prayer, 6 o'clock, service at 7. It's online, the service is still online. But uh, you can stay in the parking lot and listen live, it's on Grace FM. You want to have a drive-in service? Do it! We're at Every service is live on Grace FM. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half. I'm amazed at... uh, how quickly the show really goes. Uh, I appreciate that we aren't uh, heavy loaded with um, breaks. You know, we have the one in the middle to stretch and maybe get some water, but it gives us a chance to talk things through and to think things through. So thanks for joining me. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM and uh, everyone on Truth FM and the many, many low power FM stations that have picked up our program. Thank you. Uh, we count it a privilege and an honor and are grateful that you trust us with this time slot. And we do find it a, a serious trust. And we do receive that and, and see it that way. I want to remind you that Grace FM is a listener-supported uh, station. Would you please give to Grace FM uh, any amount the Lord will use? Go to gracefm.com. Everything is secure. Um, you can give there. You can be a recurring gift. Uh, we're not going to come on and do big praise-a-thons, beg-a-thons, those kind of things, but we are going to ask because there are ongoing costs. And remember, I'm I'm advocating for Grace FM because that's the station that is here, but wherever you're hearing this program, please consider supporting that local station. Um, So if you're in New Jersey, support Hope FM. Uh, If you are down in South Carolina or North Carolina, support Truth FM. Support your local Christian radio. But you faithful folks up here in Colorado, Nebraska, Wyoming, any of you guys online, thank you, especially in difficult times. Because you know as well as I do, uh, you have the same bills during this crisis, we have the same bills. And it's, it's a very expensive thing to run a radio station, but very fruitful. So don't ever think that we regret it. We don't in any way. We are grateful, and I think we're pretty much... Have we finished 10 years on the air yet? Let me see. I should know this by heart, but Grace FM uh, on the air on uh, 2010. So this year, this year is 10 years. Wow. 10 years. Right? Does that work out to 10 years? If we started, uh, Kevin, on December 22nd, 2010, 
December 22nd, 2020 would be 10 years or 11. What would it be? I don't want to think about it because then my mind will go somewhere else. 303-690-3000. Just, they're going to go to Aurora now. Aurora Tim is on the, on the line. Tim, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How's it going? It's going great. Hi, um, I just wanted to call. I heard there was some open lines, and I wanted to call in and ask for a prayer. Okay. Um, my wife is a nurse. Uh, she works at Rose Medical, and I was just um, amazed that the Lord has really kept her uh, safe during this time, and I appreciate that. Um, I also want to pray for my kids. They went back to school on Monday, and I went back to work on Monday after six weeks, and I just have a tiny bit of anxiety about that, and I just want to uh, ask for prayer with that, and I also just want to say thank you for continuing to uh, lean on the Lord and to show that to all the listeners. Um, I'm speaking for myself. I appreciate everything. And I know that this is all the Lord's will, and I just would ask that we can have a prayer for patience in the church so that we can rely on when the Lord says it's safe to go back to church, that we will be able to do that. Yes. Who knows when that will be. Um, But I also am very thankful that we have the ability to email, to Zoom, to um, text, to call, all of that, which is not possible unless the Lord gave that to us, and I'm very thankful for that. It, it, we, it's a very isolated time, but we do have the opportunity to reach out, and I encourage the people that are listening to reach out to somebody to encourage them because it means a lot. And uh, we go to Calvary Cherry Creek, and we're so thankful for for our church, and we're so thankful for your church, and I'm very, very well um, known with a few of the people in your church, and they're very encouraging in my walk with the Lord, and I'm very thankful for that, Pastor Ed, so That's great. thank you, and, um, you know, whenever, whenever the Lord says that we can move forward, then we will, but we have to stay um, seeking Him. And this is yes. a great time to seek the Lord on our own when some of us aren't aren't used to doing that, and it's it's encouraging. In that well, let's pray. Father, I pray for my brother Tim as he um, started back to work, and he's got that little bit of anxiety and concern. And I saw on the news how there were so many uh, the Rose Medical staff were thanking the community uh, for uh, all that they've done. And, and helped and fed and did things. And, and maybe Tim's wife was out there thanking too. So I appreciate those on the front lines, <clears throat> those essential workers that are faithfully uh, giving of their time, um, giving of their resources, giving, you know, this is what they were called to do. And so we're grateful that they are able to fulfill their calling. And we, I do agree, God, we want that green light from you. We don't want to be one step ahead of you. We don't want to be one step behind you. Uh, we want to follow you closely 
and carefully and walk in wisdom, God, a confirmation of the wisdom that you have for us. And so we just pray, God, that you would that you would have, God, a um, you know, a uh, an overwhelming sense of your leading during this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And I just want to say that this is a a time of unknown, but the one thing that I know for sure is salvation is real, and that is where our hope lies in our salvation with the Lord. And thank you. Okay, brother. God bless you, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Heading over to Greeley, Colorado. Pat, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, I was picking up on do the dead know what's happening on earth? And I'm sure your producer gave you the verse in Job 14.21, he's speaking of his father who had passed and says, uh, if his sons are honored, he does not know it. If they are brought low, he does not see it. Could that be an indication that uh, the dead don't have a view of what's going on on earth? Yes, but n- I wouldn't take the... I I, I think that would be a uh, a passage that is not... First of all, it's not didactic in nature. It is the emotional response of Job. Uh, it's his. It's it's his pleading with his friends, you know, despondent in prayer, um, and to take a verse like that as as literal, you'd have to do all of that. So you know, like verse one, man who is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. Well, depending on what few days is, you know, some people have less few days than others, um, and. And so you got to remember that this isn't a didactic teaching. It's not a specific teaching of the scripture. Rather, it's an emotional response from uh, Job describing. And I think the context of what Job's saying in 14 is actually not the eternal part, but rather the physical part. His sons come to honor. He doesn't know it. They're brought low. He doesn't perceive it. Um, his flesh will be in pain over it, and his soul will mourn over it. Like, like it's interesting, doesn't it? That that Job is describing something um, that is as his sons sons come to honor, and he doesn't know it. Um, he's describing the reality of his own life and his own pain, uh, and and so I'm kind of picking up. I'm trying to pick up as I'm talking to you uh, in verse 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my hard service, I'll wait till my change comes. You shall call, I'll answer you. This is verse 15. You shall desire the work of your hands. For now you number my steps, but do not watch over my sin. My transgression is sealed up in a bag. Um, So, you know, take verse 17 for a second. Do we believe that God puts our sins in bags? Um, We know that's not true. It's descriptive language, right? He's, he's, He's emoting through this. Uh, and so I wouldn't take an emotional statement. Uh, for example, another one in the Old Covenant where, where David's writing in the Psalms, and he says, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Well, that was an Old Covenant statement, but it's not a New Covenant statement. And, and so it has specific meaning in its context. And I think that's what Job is saying here. He's kind of 
emoting his loss and and really you know as you're as as he's describing this yeah you know his there's other passages in the proverbs that talk about how his desires end when they die and but i don't think it's really rele- relevant to whether people see from heaven or not very good points pastor that's uh those were all good insights and uh yeah it, it gives you it gives you the sense of uh how co- how cautious you have to be with scripture you can't you can't um you can't take your own stuff from it you got to read scripture and take it for what the scripture is saying not what you believe it means so that's why it's good to have uh people like you uh, to reach out to pastors and stuff that can kind of reel us in a little you know what i'm saying I do, and you know, losing a loved one, someone very close to you, is so traumatizing. Um, it's it, it cuts so deep to the heart that in our humanity, you know, we really want to stay connected. We want to kindle uh, that relationship, even though it's different. But sometimes our feelings supersede the scriptures, and they supersede, like one of my thoughts, and again, like I said, I'm going to reread, um, probably in the next couple of weeks, I'll reread the chapter by Randy Alcorn, because he makes the proposition that they do see, or possibly, but but there's a, does that mean, if, if they do see, then they see all our pain, they see all our struggling, they see all our difficulty, and and that, that doesn't sound like heaven to me. Um, heaven is not a place where we're still burdened by the things of this earth. Um, and I don't know that uh, if I was in heaven, I would want to see the pain and the sorrow and the mourning and the grief. And I, I mean, I, 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 I see at the end of the age that Jesus or that God will wipe away every tear and heaven is described as a place of no more sorrow. And I don't know how it's possible. Again, I'm, I'm, uh, this isn't really a, um, a doctrinal statement as much as uh, trying to put pieces together. I don't know how it's possible to be a, be sorrowless in the presence of God in our eternal in our eternal existence and still have access to the sinful brokenness of this world. Pastor, all good points. It's uh, that's why Scripture is so beautiful. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it grabs your heart. I mean, and uh, all good points. Yeah. But it's a good question, you know. I think, you know, especially with this uh, quarantine and lockdown, grief is and sorrow and discouragement is at an all-time high, and uh, these questions come to the surface. I miss church really a lot, but we have an older congregation. Uh, I would say, uh, and we're a small congregation. We're about a hundred, give or take a little, but okay. about forty to fifty percent of our people are in their sixties and seventies. And uh, I'm so uh, nervous about reopening. I'm a deacon there, and yeah. uh, the pastor's <clears throat> considering this now. It's just uh, I know we don't want to forsake gathering, but I, I, I think if anyone in our church was lost, uh, boy, that would, that would really hit the heart really heavy. Not that any loss isn't important, but... When you lose a church family member, considering that a lot of our people are in a high-risk group, I, I'm so on edge with this getting back in church. Yeah, it's a challenge, and, it, and people are going to have to make up their minds of how much they want to interface with other people. Um, I, 
I personally don't think it's going to be a church issue, as you know, a gathering issue as much as it is um, as the has the person considered the risks involved. Because you know, we've always faced the risk of death. We face the risk of mm-hmm. death every day, and yes. and so the the question becomes at at what level in our lives do we want the fear of death to rule us where it's no longer allowing us to live and enjoy life, including the fellowship of the brethren. So, you know, it's a, for people in the high risk category, it's a challenging decision. And, and again, they can wait it out and they can still watch online. Yeah. You know, the, the little caveat caveat that's associated with this is that this, this dreadful disease, this dreadful virus, it, it, you know, it's not a decision of your own. Like, hey, I, I'm going to go back into restaurants, you know, or I'm going to do this. Because when you do that, you're putting not only yourself, possibly, no one knows for sure, but you're putting yourself at risk and then everyone that you associate with. Like, you, bring, you could bring it home to your family. You could do this. I'm more looking to sit back and, and say, let's see what happens when this economy opens again. And if there are high spikes and stuff, you know, rather than be a statistic, uh, do you sit back and see what happens first as a caution? Because it's not a disease where you're making the choice for yourself. If I say to myself, hey, I want to go and eat in a restaurant or I want to go to church and let's say my wife doesn't and then I bring something home to her. It's it, it, it's it's so dreadful in that way that it's not just about you. Any decision you make could very well affect a lot of other people. Yeah, and I think that there's so much still that's unknown about this because the 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 fact that there's so many people chiming in with so many different opinions that the 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 fact that God would have us to interface with other people, like He would have us to walk in wisdom and interface. The real question is timing, the timing of the Lord. And to to really be in a position where uh, it, we have to ask ourselves, is it God's will for us never to interface with people again? And the answer is, of course not. Because the, on, the only way you can spread the gospel is by personal interaction. So then the next question becomes, okay, then at what level, God, do you want me to interface and get out of the house and put my life in your hands, not in my hands? And... You're right. There's a lot of ramifications. It's very interesting. We're, we live in a very interesting season, and, and this whole thing is, has put a whole layer of fear into people's life that wasn't there just two months ago. I agree, Pastor. It's well, challenging. Pastor, uh, I support Grace FM. I listen to it all the time. You guys uh, are doing great work, and uh, I don't just listen. I'm, I'm a supporter of, your cha- of the radio station. So keep up the good you. work, and may God bless you in your efforts. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Let's see here. That was a real good question. I like like when we have to take the text and then make sure that we understand the context. And and for example, let me give you another one. With Job just kind of sharing his heart through prayer, it's not a didactic teaching. You know, when David cries out in the Psalms and says, Lord, break their teeth— that's not a normative statement. It's an emotive statement. 
Uh, I'm sure there's some theological seminary word for it, but I don't know what that is. I just know it's it's an emotionally charged statement that isn't intended to be a doctrine or not to start a new ministry of teeth breaking on behalf of God. It was David expressing himself, and I think the truth that we learn through that expression is that, yes, true, real followers of God want to take revenge. They want God to, to bring his revenge. So it's good stuff. Uh, da, da, da. David in Parkville, Maryland. David, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. My question is, um, I suffer from PTSD. I'm a combat vet from 20-some years ago. Okay. Thank you for your uh, I service. I also have what's called IED. You're, you're quite welcome, sir. It was my honor. Um, I got saved when I was incarcerated, where okay. all that led me to. I've uh, okay. been walking with the Lord ever since, but I do have these outbursts. I do see a psychiatrist because I have PTSD, and okay. I've had I've even questioned my faith as me being a Christian because of the backsliding. But I keep fighting forward, and you know the Lord says enough. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Um, I've taken admonishment from the church to try and repent and to continue to do these things, and they keep coming up. But the Lord does answer my prayers. I've seen them answered, and I'm so blessed and thankful for them, and I'm aware of them. But people look at people with mental illness that they can't be a Christian. I know it's not true, because I am one, but... Why don't we hear about this in the church? First of all, those are very good questions, and it is possible. Let's start with the let's start with the easy. It is possible for someone with mental health challenges to be saved because every single person listening to this program right now has a mental health challenge. We've all been born with broken brains. Uh, the The difference between you, me. And the next person is to what degree our brains are broken. And the longer that we live, the more de- degre- the more our brain degrades. And as you have experienced things that I haven't experienced, it's, it's traumatized you. Uh, it's brought deep trauma into your mind and added extra challenges to your life and extra challenges to your relationship with God. Um, but... Certainly, uh, every everybody that's born again has mental health challenges, um, number one. Number two, why isn't it mentioned? Um, I'll give you a general answer to that. Number one, I don't believe it's mentioned very much um, in churches today because churches don't teach through the Bible. Because if they did teach through the Bible, uh, they would mention mental health deficits or they would mention uh traumatizing events they would mention the grace of god i think of you know i think about the guy that was in chains in the caves remember out of his mind that encountered jesus what did society do to him uh, they 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 isolated him and chained him up and had him live in the middle of the cave so that society wouldn't have to see him anymore but what did jesus do with him jesus healed him because that's what that's what God is doing. He's redeeming you. And as much as this is a part of you physiologically, spiritually, you have the power of God to overcome 
this trauma and to persevere with this trauma and to find victory, far more victory than maybe you're even experiencing right now. Um, but I, I think it's a great tragedy of the observation that you make. You know, here at Calvary, we actually have a, a PTSD, a PTSD, yeah, PTSD study group uh, where one of our brothers who also has combat experience, things that he can't even share. And I bet you, you've got things that you just can't share, um, you know, both because it would be traumatizing for the person hearing, but also because you can't, um, you're under whatever orders, you know, you can't share it. And, and he's developed a, from a, from firsthand experience, he's developed a study program um, that roots people like you in the Word, so that the Word of God can heal your mind and do that work of healing until finally your mind is healed when you're delivered from this body of death and you awaken the presence of God. But uh, yeah, it just it's not mentioned a lot. My church has been great and helpful. But I think a lot of people with mental illness, that's one reason why they feel they can't be saved. It's a challenge, you know, because the mental health, the mental health part of it is, is so much of our battle, so much of the fight in life is in the mind. And if you already have some challenges mentally, if you have hurts and pains, you have physiological issues, you have trauma like you've experienced, then it just makes that battle in the mind all the harder all the more difficult. Uh, you, you can't get rid of the images. You can't get rid of the, you, you know, man, some people, and I'm sure you probably can relate to this, you can't even get a good night's sleep because you get tormented in your dreams or nightmares for that matter. And, and I'm grateful that God meets us where we're at. And I'm sorry that we're so broken. All of us are. And like I said, the difference between you and me is we're broken in different areas. Um, and daily day, life can become a daily battle, but that's if we stick, if we focus only on the battle and not on the victor, if we focus only on the death and not emphasize the resurrection, if we focus only on the broken mind and not the healing power of God, then we do so at our own risk, because God is able to continue to sanctify you and me, so that day by day I'm becoming more like Christ. Amen. So well, let me say this much, out Pastor. loud. You have a yeah, day. let me just say this out loud on behalf of your call. If you're battling, anyone listening to me right now, if you're battling mental illness, diagnosed or not, clinical or not, PTSD or not, or any of the other, if you're battling mental illness, you are not a substandard person. You are loved by God. You can come into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves you. Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for you. And the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to forgive you of your sins as well. Because none of us deserve the forgiveness of God. And yet, he is faithful. Amen, and that he is. Well, thank you, sir. Once again, you have a blessed day. All right, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming up on the end of uh, today's program. Thank you so much for um, joining me. Uh, we're going to be out 6 p.m. tonight. It's, I just got a note uh, from Pastor Avant that we had a, um, 
had a great turnout for our prayer. Uh, Kathy, I'm not going to take you on the air, but I'm going to pray for you right now. Um, God, I pray for Kathy's nephew, who was recently diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I pray you strengthen his little little body and his little mind and his family that loves him so much. I pray, God, that you would heal him and strengthen him, that even as you use the chemotherapy drugs, that his little body could hold up against them as they do their job in bringing death to those renegade cells. And we look forward to hearing Kathy return. Call again to let us know of your faithfulness with her nephew. And I pray for that little guy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come out tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll pray for you in person. Calvary Church is on the corner of of Hampton and Biscay. Yes, we are the Calvary Chapel in Aurora. Uh, we did change our name a couple years ago, but we're in Hampton and Biscay, right across the street from the Safeway, across the street from the Movie Tavern. We'll be in the parking lot 6 to 7, and then uh, our Q&A worship time all starts at 7 p.m. Go to calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. Pray for me. I hope I have my voice for tonight. I have literally spoken for about, I don't know, since 8 a.m. today. Haven't really taken a break, so hopefully my voice holds up tonight. And we answer your questions. You can text your questions into us on this line, 720-336-0897, on any topic. COVID-19, coronavirus, any topic, so we could talk about what's on your mind tonight. Pastor Ian, Joshua, and me look forward to joining with you tonight. God bless you guys. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.